Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. my newest that's my big news that i have a that wayne has a friend wayne actually has two friends oh my god that would be my dream (laughs) she's two months older (laughs) her mom is amazing i really like her mom her mom is so nice Uh, that's great that's That's such a bonus like this is my this is my fear like exactly what you were just saying like what happens if your kid becomes really good friends with someone that you have to interact with, but they suck? <laughs> yeah, you hate the parents. Yeah. 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 I'm so scared. I uh, don't know if I have that situation. I don't know. I never really interacted because um, because Greg was married to Brenda. She was the one everybody knew, right? I was okay. like, the- wanted to know me in one year or even like it was at the point where i helped out with Allie's um swim team at her middle junior high right i volunteered and everybody treated me like shit all the mothers treated oh. me like shit they were so like mean girls and i was just like fuck man i'm the only one who knows how to fucking swim like fuck yeah. off you know i was so like, and you're like trying so to help bad. that's the worst And I didn't give a shit. I was like having fun with the kids. There was one kid I yelled at. All I did was spend the whole time yelling his name and he never listened to me. It made me so angry. His name was Parker. I'd be like, Parker, Parker, Parker. He's like, like, kill you. But then you have like one or two that really listen to you. And then, um, and the last one of the last practices, I got in the pool with them, and we had races. Like we were having races together. Oh, that's fun! Racing. Everybody wanted to race me. So yeah, you must have been the exhausted by mind. the end of that. The fathers didn't mind that much. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't. They're like, yes, please, uh, Ms. Booth, they would please now, get in the pool. Given the state of things, <laughs> the state of things are fantastic. Stop oh, being so hard on yourself. <laughs> You're talking to me. Like, holy fuck. <laughs> you anyway, know what? I've, I've pretty much given up. Like, I work out, I eat, like, whatever. I'm not going to fucking worry about it anymore. That's the best thing to do, I think. Just like live yeah, a healthy lifestyle. So. All the time. And I work out, I sweat, I do cardio. I, you know, I'm strong, I'm fit. I do, I box. Yeah. Like, come on, man. That's the biggest so what? thing. I'm a little pudgy. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very healthy heart, though, with all that cardio. I bet I do. Oh, look at you. There we go. I can see you much better now that I clean my glasses. <laughs> um, so, uh, how <laughs> Angela and Hodgins exercise too. Do you want to talk about them <laughs> in the bedroom? <laughs> All right. And segue award goes to Brittany Elsner. wins the award for welcome to squidcast i'm kelly i'm Brittany, and today we're going to be talking about bones season two episode 20 what is it called 
I am completely unprepared for some reason at the top of my notes. All right, it's okay. <laughs> it's called The Glowing Bones in the Old Stone House. Thank you very much. A little much. wordy. A little wordy, if you ask me. It's definitely a little wordy and very, I don't know. The the titles are pretty funny. Well, they have to, I mean, it must run out of like, it's hard to come up with these every week, right? I've added the title to my notes. <laughs> I had one job. Ever, if I had to name our episodes, they would all be like, this could have been a phone call or um, <laughs> Hodgins is a perv or yeah, all kinds of Hodgins is a like perv that. part two. Hodgins is a perv Luke part 17. Or <laughs> Zach is a creep. I'm going to need to bone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I just wanted to say, before we get into this episode, I know we've had a little chat, but before we start talking about it, I just want to mention to our listeners, thank you very much for listening, and uh, to tell you that I would really appreciate it, this is an action item for everyone to go and rate and review and even subscribe to our podcast. If you can go on any of those beautiful podcast providers like Stitcher or Spotify or Apple, you can even go on YouTube and subscribe to us. And then if there's an option to rate us, especially on an, an iTunes slash Apple podcast situation, Spotify now has the option to give reviews. If you can, or like a, a star rating, I think. So if the listeners can please help us out by rating and reviewing if you can. And please be kind. Please be kind. Keep in mind, <laughs> Brittany and I do this out of the kindness of our hearts. And uh, if we could give us a positive review, that would be ideal. Also, I'm just going to plug this too, because I think people are missing out on my Instagram. I want to just say the Squintcast Instagram what are you going to say, Remy? I can say I was going to say it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Instagram. I don't know about you, but it brings me a lot of joy. I just need everyone to know that I am the one that curates it. I'm the one that creates all of the content for that. It's a labor of love, like I said, and I love it. It brings me joy. We have running gags that continue, keep popping up on the instagram that make me laugh so much like the especially the angela's sketch i just i can't <laughs> well kelly's an amazing artist so she does a really good job uh recreating angela's uh drawings i love the angela's sketch gag i'm loving like finding new ways of doing reels and different ways of like putting you know clips of the podcast on instagram and reels it's a lot of fun, and I'd love it if people followed us there as well. And that's it for plugs right now. I'm going to have more in the future, but I just, I really, I just wanted to put that out there because I don't advertise that, you know, I don't advertise that stuff very much when we're doing our show. I don't talk about it. I just assume people know where to find us, but, you know, tell people, send people the link, like give us a follow, give us a like, and everything helps, you know? Slide into our DMs. We'd like to chat. <laughs> we have a, a non people that talk way. to us yeah yeah don't be creepy about it don't man. be creepy <laughs> or you know what go ahead or go ahead i don't know make our day keep things interesting Depends. yeah what kind of mood i'm in yeah <laughs>
I might respond. I might not. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's oh, it for me. I just wanted to plug those things. I like it. Yes. So why don't we start with our episode here? What's happening? Well, we have some glowing bones in the old stone house, as uh, is implied by the uh, the title of this episode. This episode starts out really funny, actually. We start out with uh, Brennan and Booth, and there's this special agent guy, Homeland Security agent, who's leading them toward this house. They think that this house, this house has a body that's glowing. And because it's glowing, they think that maybe there's radiation involved somewhere. There's radiation on the body, in the house, whatever. So they have to prep by getting into these hazmat suits and they have to take a pill that's going to help them not turn into a radioactive human. So they're going through the motions and they're chatting and they're chatting about a very interesting topic and that's marriage because if you remember our last episode, Angela and Hodgins, there was a proposal that was turned down. That's fine. But they're having this conversation at a weird time. And like every single viewer of Bones, uh, this Homeland Security agent is like, so how long have you two been dating? (laughs) (laughs) No, but the thing is, no, Brittany, this is so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. While they're getting ready to go see the glowing bones. Runnin brings up the fact that, you know, Angela turned Hodgins down. Booth's like, you know what? This is weird. Don't talk about this now. And then they start walking towards this old stone house. And then Bones is like bringing it up. Like, you know, you know, you, you have to believe in love. And don't you believe in love? And anyway, she's just talking about how partners are attracted to each other because of, because of their symmetrical features. <laughs> and she tells Booth that he would be a good breeder because he has very symmetrical features. And this is where, like you said, that Homeland Security guy, but he was so funny because he was like, "Uh, so um, how long have you guys been going out? (laughs) He just kind of turns around and Booth is, she just like kind of ignores it. Like, oh yeah. Like they're both kind of like, oh no, like we're not doing that. And Booth just, and Brennan just carries on with her, with like the, the day walks away and he's standing there booth is standing there his hazmat suit is open he's like uh uh, okay just so you know like we're not done this conversation like (laughs) puts down his hood the homeland security guys is where he says oh you guys are partners that's funny because my partner and i talk about baseball (laughs) you don't talk about relationships and stuff it's just really which is what we're all thinking all of us listen this is exactly we talked about this recently in the last couple of episodes about other people perceiving or I mentioned it at the end of like the last episode or something about how people are going to start to try to figure these two out and what's going on with those guys yeah you did mention that and it's totally happening because even from the beginning of the even from the beginning of the show like it was always like, okay, yeah, there might be something between them. But now it's like on another level. It's very obvious that there's something between them. Well, there's a level of knowledge and intimacy about yeah. their commu- the way they interact with each other. That's 
it's far beyond it's like, just friendship. Well, it's also, I mean, okay. You can admit it to me here, Brittany. Okay. Do you have I'm ready. a work husband? I do not. I have a work dad who happens to be my also dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you can't really have a work because husband I, then. No. <laughs> but honestly, I, I work in a small firm that's pretty tight knit. Like we all get along really well. Um, which I'm really fortunate for. So like I talked to, I work with mostly like the senior level is all men. And then the more junior level is all, is a lot of women. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting environment because the younger women kind of look up to me. Yeah. Like I'm more of like a mentor to them, but the, the, I like. I'm not mentor material. <laughs> I'm sure you are. You're such a sweetheart. I, uh, I've always had work husband. Yeah. I've always had work husbands. I have a gym husband. His name is Martin. I call him a gym husband. He calls me his wife and Greg knows all about it. Like we oh. talk, like he knows Martin really well. And he knows that I Martin's love that gym husband and we like bicker and we do all the things. And anyway, it's, we do have you a call good time. Him Marty or Martin. Oh, Martin, he's Italian. And he calls okay. me, hello, wife. He goes, hello, wife. And I go, hello, husband. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> That's the best. It this is, is definitely, they're definitely, well, they're not married outside of um, work. So this is their only husband and wife scenario. But this is yeah. definitely work husband and work wife for sure. 100%. And maybe future husband, future wife. Anyway, carry on. Um, so, <laughs> so they get in the house and sure enough, there's some uh, bones glowing and they find out very quickly that there's no radiation. So they can all, um, they just took that pill for no reason. And they can all take off their hazmat suits and Homeland Security is like, okay, well, I'm out of here. I don't need to be here. I they had actually- out of there so fast. Oh yeah. I don't think he wants to be- <laughs> He doesn't want to be between these uh, two bickering lovebirds, but they, they had actually just as um, just to make sure that just in case there was a nuclear, just in case there was radiation, sorry, at this house, they, they shut down or they secured some reactor that was close by because they were worried that maybe if there was radiation, it would have come from there. So all of those safety concerns are now at the window, but now we got to figure out why are the bones glowing? <laughs> well, not only that, but Brennan determines just through looking at the the body that the victim is in their late twenties, early thirties, that they're female and suffered from multiple stab wounds, like a lot of stab wounds. Bum, bum, but bum, Booth bum. is still in the back going, yeah, but like, why is she glowing <laughs> and right before the credits brennan's like i have no idea no idea at no. all no idea at all and then we have our intro
Sorry, I'm loopy. You've had too many fuzzy peaches. That's why. Too many fuzzy peaches. Like a child. Portia, I have fuzzy peaches. So drunk on fuzzy peaches. I have a sugar high. Zach, Brennan, Hodgins. Hodgins! Uh, they're all uh, checking out the glowing bones. Hodgins says that the victim's been dead around two days. Moose shows up and he says, okay, Squint Squad, why is she glowing? He wants to know why she's glowing. Cam shows up and she's really blown away by how much the bones are glowing. Anyway, everybody's pressuring Hodgins to like hurry up and tell them why her bones are glowing. And he's being really touchy. So touchy. He's taking it personally and he's being like, I'm not a circus monkey. I can't just like make things happen. I have to look into this. And then Zach, Okay, question. Okay, let me say this and then I'll ask the question, okay? (laughs) Okay. Zach spills the beans that basically he thinks that Hodgins is being triggered by the glowing bones because of this, these caves in New Zealand called the Teanu Caves or something. Yeah. And then Brennan, of course, the, you know, 18-year-old world traveler that she was has been to this cave in New Zealand where there's apparently these worms on the ceiling of the cave and they glow like they glow in the dark and they look like stars and it's very romantic. Have you looked this and up? It's actually quite beautiful. I haven't. I just looked up like what it was called. I didn't look at the pictures, but um I'll put a picture up on social media on social media. Oh, um, it's so gorgeous. Uh, yeah, so she's Brendan says it's very romantic. Zach says, oh, yeah, it's really romantic. So romantic that Hodgins was going to take Angela there on their honeymoon. Awkward. So then Hodgins is like, puts his foot down and he's like, listen, Angela and I are fine. It's just complicated. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Hodgins is just being really touchy and cam notices the bracelet on the victim and says how nice it is and i immediately thought i looked at this bracelet i was like oh well obviously this is going to come up later like guys come on oh yeah shadowing much also is it a nice bracelet a b i have two two (laughs) questions two questions okay is zach still living on hodgins's property oh Otherwise, how would he know this? I mean, I mean, do they just talk about this in the lab about where he was going to take Angela? That's weird because Angela's living with Hodgins now. Is she though? Does that yeah. has that been determined? How do we know that? Well, they're not officially living together, but she was saying even back when they were thinking when she was thinking about moving in that they spend every every night together. Yeah, but when they had that discussion, the uh, Gordon Gordon told her to take her stuff out and do the 50-50 yeah. thing. It was not ever confirmed that they lived True. together. A, B, do Zach and Hodgins hang out on the estate or is Zach relegated to his dirty little cabin? <laughs> like the, the back, the back garage. The back 40. <laughs> And I also wrote in my notes, oh, horrible wouldn't it life. be funny? I also wrote in my notes, wouldn't it be funny if the next scene, Cam was wearing that bracelet just around the lab, just because she liked it so much. 
she took it not to do an examination on it, just to that wear it. so funny. She great. She cleaned it off and just put it on. It was like, <laughs> look at my new bracelet. <laughs> I found it. Finders keepers, losers weepers. <laughs> Finders keepers. <laughs> well, truly grave robbing. That is an interesting point. Are they living together? I just thought it would be a fun detail if Cam was wearing the bracelet next scene. That is a fun detail. Okay. <laughs> also, we found out one additional detail, and that is that yes. this person has been dead for 48 hours. I did say that, dear. <laughs> Thank you for uh, mentioning it, and I just wanted to reiterate this Thank you for point. reiterating <laughs> something I already stated. Brittany, oh, we're boy. fighting again. Oh, my God. Apparently I'm asleep. Oh my God. Uh, talking about, um, actually, <laughs> never mind. But uh, talking about relationships, let's go that way. Yes. You go to um, this. this next scene, I was like, are they going to jump each other on this table? Just say the scene. What happened? Okay, let me tell you. Sorry. So, can <laughs> you're not going to breed my mind? Cam and Booth end up in the autopsy room, which I guess is Cam's office. And she's there doing her investigation, looking at this finger that she cut off the body because she's hoping to rehydrate it and then pull a print from it. Which apparently, science fact of the episode, you can rehydrate a shriveled bone or shriveled finger with a fabric softener, which I thought that yes. was very interesting. And... As far as the facts of this scene go, surprise, surprise, they're able to pull a print. It's fantastic. They get, they are able to figure out who this person is from the fingerprint. But this scene is not all about rehydrating this finger. There's a lot of talk between Cam and Seely, or Cam and Seely, Cam and Booth. And she calls him Seely, actually. But she basically, they have this conversation about what men want. And she is basically like, men just want sex and like, okay, yeah, beer, chips, whatever, but mainly sex. That's what they're looking for. And he brings up them like when they were dating and he's like, you didn't think that that's what all I wanted. And we basically conclude, even though they have this, they seem to have a little bit of chemistry in the scene, at least to me. But at the end of, at the end of the day, they conclude that while they were satisfying each other, they felt satisfied in the relationship. They were not meant to be. That's as far as it went. So anyway, I just, I thought it was interesting. I also am curious from this scene is Cam talks about how she enjoys her single life, like how she enjoys having her own place and having her own life. So I'm curious and I honestly can't remember if she ends up in a long-term relationship over the course of the series. Don't know. I thought you would know that. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember well, her dating anyone. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we're going to find out for sure. I just, I thought that was interesting yeah. because I'm like, now that I, when she said that, I was kind of like, yeah, that's, I see her personality being more like, wanting to have like her own independence and like Listen, not be tied down I, like we have the same we have the same thinking 
because I yes. also, after this whole scene, which was very charged, like you said, like yeah. the chemistry, they were talking very close together to their each other's faces, discussing their philosophies surrounding marriage. There's a lot of talk of marriage in this episode. Yeah. And, you know, he's grossed up by the finger situation and she's doing her little thing, her experiment with rehydrating it. And he's grossed up, but he's also wanting to talk to her about their relationship. Yeah. And if she ever thought that they would ever move forward. And she was just like very vixen like by telling him that she was very satisfied in their relationship oh, yeah. but she so was so satisfied very happy she had her own place but yeah i also wrote down when does she get to have a fun relationship like i want yeah. i want cam to have a fun relationship you know 100%. because she's so beautiful she's so beautiful like tamara taylor is gorgeous right like you know oh yeah and she deserves Definitely. to have like a really fun relationship. But again, this is another scene, another proof that David Boreanaz has chemistry with everybody, right? Yes, but it makes it even more interesting for who directed also, wait, this episode. Wait, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. But also, I just want to write, I'll tell you, when when does Cam have a fun relationship is one of my questions in my notes. I also wrote, fuck Angela and Hodgins. What about Cam? <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, this episode is centered on Hodgins well, and We're already Angela's talking about Angela and Hodgins. That's all everybody's <laughs> talking about is their relationship. Literally everyone. Celie's talking, yeah. or Celie. Why do I keep calling him Celie? I, I have the profile up. Booth is talking about him, and yeah. about them, and Cam is talking about them. Literally everyone. Yeah, Zach, he brought up the honeymoon idea, which, by the way, you don't plan your honeymoon as one person. Like, you don't go into it being like, this is what we're doing, bitch. Yeah, this is. No. Listen. There's no unilateral I thinking. I don't like this relationship. Yeah. I feel. I hate it because I remember distinctly, and I don't remember the details, but I just remember distinctly that they turn into one of my favorite relationships in the whole series where's that bucket <laughs> i did uh, this is a public service announcement i did warn uh i warned kelly that she needed to have a bucket beside her for this episode <laughs> okay are we okay are we going to talk about the director now sure i i just yeah maybe this is a good time did you yeah. already look it up? Yeah. I saw yeah. his name. I was like, no way. And I looked him up. I was like, wow. So you go ahead. Well, we're talking about sex and we're talking about all this chemistry between people or not because you hate Angela and Hodgins, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but Booth and Brennan have a, a ton of chemistry in this episode. And I find that anyway, I, I think it's very interesting who directed this episode because I think there's a lot of chemistry. Emily Deschanel, so the the actress who plays Temperance Brennan, her father Caleb is actually the one who directed this episode, and it's the first episode that he's going to direct from of Bones. I didn't yeah. look up if he's going to direct more. I would assume so. I'm now very curious. Know. Good question. He's he actually a, a cinematographer, of... though. 
Like he's not, right. this is the only episode he directed ever of bones over the 12 seasons. Interesting. I wonder how that came about. Yeah, me as well. Because I'm also, a, sorry, you go because he's, no, a, he's just a director of photography. He does a lot of like DOP stuff, cinematography for lots of really, really good like film. Yeah. Uh, and I think mostly film actually. So I just, I'm very curious about how this happened, how he got this job. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's actually I can't imagine a guy like that with those kinds of credits would be like clamoring to direct something like this unless like he had a conversation with Emily. She must have some pull. I don't I just want to know from someone how this happened. I wonder if maybe he was a fan of the show and he asked to direct it because this is he's only directed 9 um things ever in his career and this was the last thing he's directed. So this is the only thing he's directed since 2007. What? Is he still alive? He is still alive. Huh. He has some projects in on the go. He was the cinematographer for The Lion King that came out in 2019. His credits are crazy. The Patriot, Passion of the Christ. Like, yeah, he's extremely talented, obviously. His his credits are insane. Oh, yeah. So... I just thought it was very interesting that he was the one who directed this episode because I don't know. I just of all episodes for your dad to direct, I feel like, was it awkward? (laughs) I would like to know that as well, but I can imagine like they're a very creative family. They are all coming from like artistic theater, movie, TV backgrounds. I can't imagine them being very um, conservative, you know? True. I'm wondering... Yeah, he he did not direct anything that Zoe Deschanel was in. Well, Zoe hasn't done that much, has she? I, guess I think she's done so. She's yeah, more, yeah, she's, they're both TV actors, more TV actors than. Well, Zoe's done more movies, I think, than. Um, than more, Emily yeah, has. more than Emily, for sure. But anyway, I thought that was super interesting. This is the only time we're going to see him as a director on bones but it's a really cool episode for him to be directing so okay that is all i wanted to say about that i was very excited when i saw that i was pretty excited as well i agree with you okay so he's a celebrity and turns out that our victim is also celebrity yeah she is a celebrity chef and so she's only 29 years old. Her name is Carly Victor. They they figured this out from the fingerprint, which I don't know why she would have a fingerprint in their database, but anyway, that's uh fine. So it would <laughs> do they just where do they get their fingerprints? Like I don't think my fingerprint is in any database, but maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, if you do a police check. Do you do your fingerprints? I mean, uh, people who do television and maybe who run restaurants need to have a police check. Why would they have her fingerprint? Yeah, maybe. This is the least focused I've ever seen the squints and booth on a case. All they want to talk about is the food that she makes. They're like, oh, yeah, she died. Okay, so sad. 
Um, what about her? She makes great mac and cheese. Oh, yes. The way she puts these ingredients in it, it's so delicious. Like they got on this. Mac and cheese. Um, Sully is mentioned because apparently she took uh Sully to this restaurant. And apparently and Sully got into this restaurant that was very hard to get into. I'm not gonna let you skip over this because she says something. That was very not subtle. I am a best-selling author booth. I get in anywhere. I took Sully. <laughs> Is that it? No. <laughs> what was the thing she what says? What I was going to mention was that she went there with Sully. They had the mac and cheese. And she feels like she had this sort of indirect relationship. Brennan feels like she had this indirect relationship with this chef and her husband, Booth asks if the mac and cheese stands up and she says, Sully said it was the best he's ever, he ever ate. And I thought the way she said it to him was like, it was the best he ever ate. Like she's talking about her old pussy. Come on. See that? I need to go back and I'm going back. No, real time. I'm going back and watching this. Have to watch it. It's so like no. Wow. Wow. How did I miss this? Okay, let's watch it together. Oh my god. Fast forward. It's funny. Boom, boom, boom. Um. Well, we're finding it. So we find out that she had a restaurant with her. So we know that she had a restaurant because that's where Sully and her. I don't know what to do with what and I then just said. Sully ate something change. else later. I might have to beep it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but basically, she's so Brian's like, need to go talk to her husband. Okay, here we go. I'm watching it too. Hold on. Where is it? The way she says it to him is like he said it was the best. He said it was the best he ever ate. Yeah, but the way she says it is like. Yeah, you're totally right. It's not like. Yeah, she says it so. Also, he's so about it. Do you see like his subtle eye movement when she mentions Sully's watch, name? Watch, watch. A little bit. Okay. How'd you get in? Best selling author. I get in anywhere. I took Sully. Did he have. See, he didn't even finish. Did he have. It was the best he ever ate. Like the way she said. Like in. Anyway. Seriously. You're totally right. I'm putting this online, by the way. I'm going to put it on my... You guys have to follow me on Instagram. You have to follow Squintcast. Amazing. Um, okay, okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm totally derailing. Because no, you're not. Talk about the fact that fucking Carly Victor, the celebrity chef, had a friggin' MySpace account. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, did you have a MySpace page? No. I didn't either. I, I had too... a Tumblr page, though. No. Um, I just definitely burped. I'm so sorry. 
Um, okay. We're off the rails. Come on, let's go. We're off the rails today. Okay, though, I wrote in my notes. (laughs) Since when do best-selling authors get in to any restaurant they want? Like, she's not an actress. She wrote a book. Two things. (laughs) Hey, that's a good point. Although, wouldn't you let you know, like Salman Rushdie or Michael Andache into your restaurant. Like, come on. Maybe, but it, it what if I don't know who they are? Cred. It gives you street cred. You should know if they're best selling, like she's on TV doing interviews. They're trying to like uh, option her books as films. True. Like, I can't believe okay. they haven't made, they haven't made Kathy Reich's books into movies yet. It's crazy to me. Anyway. They would let somebody like Danielle Steele or uh, what's the Collins lady? Don't the anyway, Jackie Collins. Do you know those writers? Like they the, would let them into. Yes. Kind of romance, sexy Hollywood yes. stuff. Yeah. They would let them into a restaurant for sure. First of all. Second, in this conversation, Brennan says to Booth that they should go tell the husband. And Booth says, sure. Like he says it like, he's the one conducting the investigation. He's the one who's going to have to inform the husband, but Brennan's the one who suggests it to him. And he's like, yeah. Like he wasn't going to do that? (laughs) No, they were just going to, they weren't going to tell anyone. Fuck. (laughs) Okay, Okay, but. I'm sorry. But let's go back though to what we mentioned because I mentioned it accidentally after you had already talked about it this person who is a celebrity supposedly yeah died over 48 hours ago now at this point yes and as far as we've been informed during this episode she has not been missing important detail kind of odd i agree so we will talk about that. So they end up going into this restaurant, and this is the funniest scene of TV ever. <laughs> well, the first half is. Is yes. they walk in, and Booth, I don't know what is going on with him. Like, all he can think about is food. It's like, he is he on a cleanse or something? I don't know what's <laughs> wrong wants, with him. All he can think about is food. So they walk in. Just watch the mac and cheese. Give her the mac and cheese. Just the mac and cheese, which now I want mac and cheese. And <laughs> Me too. It's so good. So they walk in and the the hostess is like, Carly's table, do you have a reservation? And Dumbest Booth name is for like, a restaurant. Yeah, it's stupid. Know. Anyway, I know I totally agree. Um, especially since there's multiple owners. It's not just Carly, although she is the front, she's the face. Anyway. But he's like, obviously, we don't have a reservation. Give me a break. And then, like, suddenly she realizes that Brennan is there. She's like, oh, my God. Temperance, Brennan. I'll get you right in. Let's go talk to Dan, the husband. And while they're going to talk to Dan, a plate, a a hostess or a waitress is carrying one on a tray, one plate or one bowl of mac and cheese and he sticks his finger in it and eats it and she just keeps walking yeah but she's clearing it from a table so it's half eaten first of all oh what 
Yeah, she's going towards the kitchen. She's coming from the dining room to the kitchen, so she's clearing no. the plates. I thought that's my belief. Okay, you look at the scene and you tell me because no, you're grabbed, totally right. Just, that's the only way this makes sense. Grab, he just grabbed a bunch of pasta and stuck it in his mouth. I was like, and, that is someone's food. What is wrong with him? But, well, honey, as if that hasn't happened before in any restaurant. Give me a break. Didn't you do that, Swiss chalet? Grab a fry. Come on. She is clearing the. But okay, what? Oh yeah, I totally did that. <laughs> but this is mac and cheese. Like this is like a whole thing. Also, yeah, she's definitely clearing this table. And also, did the mac and cheese suck? Because it's a full plate yeah, of mac and cheese. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're raving about how good it is, and she's like, oh, "It's so eh. good. I'm only gonna eat two pieces of pasta." <laughs> I'm off carbs today, but I'll order the mac oh. and cheese. <laughs> Why are you off carbs? So no, I'm not. I'm just joking, like as if I'm the. Good. I was gonna say you ate all those fuzzy peaches. <laughs> I'm off carbs, but I, I only uh, eat I'm pure sugar. <laughs> but I'll eat all this bag of sugar i'm not eating carbs but i'll eat the sugar the, a version of a carb <laughs> oh my god anyway so also, yes okay you you okay sorry i sorry, sorry no no you're good i'm just thinking okay dan comes out he's all like oh sorry carly's so swamped in the back and they're like oh sorry dan is carly's husband comes out and is like i'm so sorry she's just swamped in the back she can't come out and help you. And they're like, okay, FBI, we know she's not back there. We need to chat. What were you going to say? I'm so curious. Before Dan goes, meets up with Brennan and Booth and tells them this lie that Carly's busy in the back of the kitchen. I have so much to say about this kitchen, honey. Like you don't even want to, like, I'm going to waste so much time. Anyway, there's a couple that's leaving the restaurant and they're going, Oh, so sorry to miss Carly. We really wanted to talk to her. Like, and I was like, that is the, that's what I want to do. I want to be that character in a show where I, I'm just like, <laughs> Oh, such a lovely night. Sorry to miss Carly, Dan. Like, just like, <laughs> I want to be like, the are they regulars? Who, I love that. I, I love a character like this. You know me with my, my spotting extras everywhere and like little one-liners. I just love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. These people are so extra. He doesn't, her husband says nothing, but she does. She talks the whole time. And listen, it's not like Greg and I haven't been those people, right? Have gone into restaurants and known people and just, you know. Oh, same. Made ourselves at home. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? I totally thought you were going to say something else. Sorry. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's okay. I was just thinking, I love those people, like the people who are leaving the restaurant and they're talking. And they're so, those types of people are so friendly too in an actual restaurant be, setting. I want to be paid to be in that scene as to that be actor, that friendly person. Saying. You should do it. Yeah. To be like the join actra. Movie. The elitist kind of like, oh, it's so lovely. Thank you, Dan. What so a lovely night. Say, oh, it's a wonderful evening. Please tell Carly we say hello. <laughs> sorry, she's dead. <laughs> oh, oh, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> and unfortunately, she died. Unfortunately, she died. Oh, my God. Okay, we find out that there's more people involved than just Dan here. 
Turns out that Dan and Carly co-own this restaurant with Ben and his girlfriend or his wife, Abby. So they're all business partners. They're all friends. Everything is great. We find out that Dan didn't report her missing because this is actually right. a common occurrence that she goes miss that she like ditches. She goes off to Atlantic City with Abby. Her and Abby are best friends. They go off and do things all the time, spur of the moment trips all the time. So it wasn't surprising to him that she disappeared and he couldn't reach her. Which is very interesting. If Mark disappeared for like 72 hours, I would be like, where are you? Seriously, is this where they tell him that she's dead? Yes. Yes, they yes. do. So he starts crying, but I just want to say a couple of things before Booth and Brennan walked into that restaurant and they had their whole strategy where Booth was going to like drop it to him that he's with the FBI. I was like, where I want to be a fly in the wall when Booth and Brennan are discussing their strategy before they go into these situations, you know, where they're like, okay, you do this, I'll do that. You know, like they try to decide who's going to do what. Yeah. We go back to this kitchen with Dan, Harley's husband, who's crying. And I just so want to mention this. This kitchen is the dumbest kitchen. <laughs> I call it this dumb kitchen because it has nine chefs, nine chefs. They're all wearing pristine white chef's coats, not a drop of food on them. Not They're all wearing white chef hats, like French chef hats, and there is a wall, a wall of unrefrigerated fruits and vegetables in clear boxes just sitting there on <laughs> shelves. So it's obviously a scene or a set, sorry. Like, somebody went crazy and bought multiple, like hundreds of pounds, I think, of vegetables and fruit and like made it look pretty. But nothing's refrigerated. Everything's out. <laughs> yeah, not the smartest. You would never, you would never have that. Like nobody no. would have that. Not a chance. Anyway. This actor. <laughs> I used to love the show CSI New York. Did you okay. ever watch? No. So this is a main character from CSI New York. This guy. Right. So yes. he actually got, he was, he started on that show before he did this episode with, of Bones. So CSI New York was already building steam at that point. He also, so I should say, what, who, what is his name? His name yes. is AJ Buckley. And right. he now stars alongside Mr. David Boreanaz in SEAL in Team. SEAL Team! Yeah. So I'm so curious if they like kept in touch and then started working on this project together. I thought that was, there's 104 episodes so far of that show, which is crazy. What he looks like now? Oh yeah. He's like hot. Didn't look Have so great in this. this. Guy? Yeah. He's looking good. What the hell has he done to his body? He is ripped not just ripped he's like bulked up he's bulky oh yeah it's like on another level he's very short i think 
He didn't seem very tall. Yeah, I, I don't think he's very tall. But I just thought that was interesting because he like went from this. He's anyway, he's he plays many characters because he was like this super nerdy CSI in CSI New York. And now he's playing this like very hardcore SEAL team member in the SEAL team show. So he's very versatile. I really like this actor, actually. And I find I think he does a great job with the character, Dan. Honey, he's been around so long. Oh, he's yeah. In, uh, Justified. You ever see that oh, show, Justified? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were talking about like this a couple episodes ago. Bad guys, Not one of the bad guys, but one of those derelict kind of family members in one of the seasons. I can't even imagine if him playing a character Justified, like that. If people know Justified, he was one of the crows. Like, there's this family of, like, sort of, um, uh, what do you call them? They were, like, really bad, like, drug dealers and... They ran like prostitution rings and stuff like that, and like in the woods in Virginia or something like that. Anyway, you definitely recommended this show to me, like for sure. Have you not seen Justified? No, we've had this conversation on this podcast. Mark, you and Mark would love Justified. We started watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh my God, that's so funny. I literally, there are not a lot of shows that I actually laugh out loud to. I was dying watching this episode. Yeah. Not just episode. We've seen four episodes now. Also, the names of the episodes are hilarious. (laughs) The gang gets racist is the first episode. Charlie wants an abortion is the second one. Yeah. Charlie has cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Underage drinking, a national concern. Uh, you know that guy, Charlie. He's married to the coffee girl. I know. That's what I told life. Mark right away. Because yeah. I follow her on Instagram. I don't Me know too. how I started. Yeah. She was she on was a show, on a show that show I... With Fred Savage and Rob Lowe. Or was it Rob Lowe? Was it? Or was it the guy from... Um, She was in Joey, I think. Wasn't she? She's in, been, she's, listen, she's been, she's around. been around. She's been in oh, yeah. so much stuff. She was in Southland too, I think. You ever see really? Southland? No, but I've heard of it and I know, like, I know the oh. show. Brittany. There's so much Southland. TV to watch. No, but these are old shows like Justified. The thing is with Justified, you should watch it because they're coming out with a reboot. They're doing a, a new version of it where they're bringing all the characters back 20 you know oh. 10 years later so yeah I'm trying so to find a new version of justified and then southland is a very excellent four or five season show about la police people and it's absolutely gritty drama like gritty 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 drama well i think i need to watch it anyway <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting us way off off topic, but the uh we were talking about AJ this Buckley. This guy Dan. Yes. He plays Dan, yeah. So Dan Dan makes it known to them that not only is Carly missing, or Carly dead, sorry, but Abby is missing. And that's part of why he wasn't concerned because Abby was also gone. So he's like, okay, obviously they went and on a trip somewhere. So he pulls a photograph out of his pocket, out of his, not pocket, out of his wallet, and gives him this, this photo and is like, 
this is what she looks like. Please find her. And he seems very concerned. Oh, not picture of her. He, it's a picture of all of them. I'm thinking forward. Anyway, it is a picture of all of them. It is from his wallet, but it's not just of Abby because that would be weird because it's not his wife. <laughs> well, he shows them a picture because it also features Abby's car, which yes. is the car also that missing. took the night that she he last saw yes. her. And he points out that there have been a lot of robberies in the area of restaurants. Yeah. So Carly wanted to take the cash from their sales that night and deposit it herself. She didn't want to put any of her staff in danger. Yeah. So that's the last he saw. She was taking a bunch of cash to the bank with Abby in Abby's car. Which, I don't know. I know that normally. This is weird. It's weird. It's, the whole it's situation weird. is weird. Because even if you, even if she does normally disappear, if that's the reason that she's taking the cash, wouldn't you be concerned that she had she that she was robbed in bed at all yeah or or she or that yeah true yeah that's a good point so yes so angela and hodgins don't worry they're still being super inappropriate at work and they're still kissing and doing all sorts of things they shouldn't and of course cam is always walking in on them doing these things and she's like jesus christ (laughs) please stop get a room like also angela well, please just say yes to marriage because it's supposed no, to destroy no, sex no she does oh, yeah, she sorry. says that cam says that yeah because they're all over each other angela's scouring through carly's myspace page trying to get some clues i don't care about any of this stuff that she talks about <laughs> no none of it is really um, important no although we do know that there is we find out a couple of important i suppose uh, one of them being that there's a cut on her left hand and there's some organic material in it. So that's why she's coming in because she wants Hodgins to take a look at it. Yeah. And they are finding out that Carly loves sushi and Hodgins has this epiphany moment and is like, oh my God, sushi. Yeah. That could be why. That could be why. I'm jumping ahead. Well, he did, we don't know. Anything. We don't know. That's why I stopped myself. That he could be why something. He gets very excited. Brittany, so, you're so funny. <laughs> that could be why. Pause. So he, Hodgins, Hodgins like runs off and leaves. Yes. And they're both super confused. And Cam is just grateful that he didn't try to have sex with her. Oh. Angela. That Hodgins didn't try to have sex with Angela. Not that he was going to try to have oh sex God. with Cam. Just to clarify. <laughs> So back in Booth's office, Booth and Brenner are interviewing Ben, Abby's husband. So this guy is in the army and he apparently has an alibi that he was, you know, on base or doing some kind of exercise, military exercise the night that Abby and Carly went missing. And he's really upset that Carly is dead and they haven't found Abby. I thought they were married, Abby and Ben, but I learned later that they were just boyfriend and girlfriend. Long term, though, I think, right? I guess it doesn't matter, but they were partners anyway. Yeah. Oh, wow. Your hair looks so nice. Well, I just had them in in braids today. So it it tends to be like this curly, wavy situation. Yeah, it looks really nice. Anyway, sorry, carry on. (laughs) No, just uh, so they have this quick interview with Ben. We find out he's in the army. He was doing a military exercise the night they went, they disappeared, and he's upset everybody's missing. He's really yeah. upset. 
He has an alibi, so. Yes. Then uh, back at the lab. Back at the lab. (sighs) We find out from Hodgins that the glowing bones were caused by all the sushi that Carly eats or something. Um, (laughs) Basically, I read that this is actually kind of true. And I was like, I thought it was weird that her whole body was glowing. I just, I don't understand the science behind that. I think it's because it entered. So the only way that she could have all like that, everything on her would have been glowing is if it had entered her bloodstream, which is where we'll find out later how that happened, but figure that out later, but it's from a sea. It's called uni. It's a sea urchin that that's what it comes from. And it's a specialty in one of Carly's favorite sushi restaurants. They're like, okay, obviously we have a next line of questioning, right? Yes. Um, when they this say is, okay. that, that, sorry, you go, you take it away. No, no, no. You were going to say something when they no, say just, what? When they say, okay, yeah, her favorite sushi restaurant. Then they go, okay, wait one second. On Carly, then Angela is like on Carly's MySpace, MySpace page. There's this guy, sushi guy, two, three, yeah. and he's an executive chef at sushi, uh, a sushi restaurant. Um, yes. And sure enough, there's a picture of the two of them making sushi together on his, MySpace, on his MySpace page. And there's a knife. Like Ooh. there's pictures of there's knives in all like at a sushi restaurant. At a sushi what? restaurant, they're all chefs. Like they mention in this in this episode, they mention knives in pictures so many times. It's like, oh my god, that could be the murder weapon. Oh, or literally nice. any other knife. Any fucking knife. Like there's knives everywhere. Yeah, guy. It's oh a bit my ridiculous. God. Anyway, also, this next scene is so funny. Sushi I'm guy twenty three. Please <laughs> tell me about Ernie. <laughs> Booth and Brennan show up at this sushi restaurant, and there's this guy, sushi guy twenty three, and Brennan walks into this place, and she's so mad, she's so angry that they've appropriated the Japanese culture to make all this money. She's like mad because they like take all these things about Japanese culture and they try to make money off of it. And Booth goes, "Yeah, that's bad, but yes." you know what else is bad murder so <laughs> let's go over here <laughs> like okay so brennan focus to, yeah really focus on the task at hand so they go talk to the dude he's working he happens to be working that day the guy that was hanging out with carly on myspace there and then booth asks him to make some sushi while they're <laughs> chatting and brennan is like oh my god and he's like hey i'm hungry man you gotta eat She's so put out by Booth insisting that he have something to eat at this place. It's so funny. Like literally everywhere they go, he just wants to eat. And he is so unprofessional in my opinion because they're chatting. I love it. I love it. And Ernie's like, okay, yeah, here's like some sushi for you, whatever. They're chatting and he's eating, like shoveling the sushi into his mouth, asking for more, loving it. Um, And Ernie is basically like, well... I saw her last Thursday and no, Dan didn't know because Dan could be really jealous. And then he's like, wait a second. What, what, what's going on with Carly? Like, why are you here? And Booth with like a mouthful of food is like, she's dead. (laughs) 
And then he's like, "Ah, oh, can I have some spicy salmon roll <laughs> or something spicy like that? Tuna roll. Spicy tuna a... roll. Because Sorry. at first he's basically saying like, so Booth is saying like, oh, well, Booth presents this scenario like where Sushi Guy 23 is the actual perpetrator of the crime. And yeah. the Sushi Guy, I have to say, is cool as a cucumber. Yeah. He doesn't freak out. And we learn that, you know, he and Carly were high school sweethearts. He didn't know she was dead. And he thinks Dan, her husband, killed her. Yeah. And then Brennan's like, I can I borrow your knives? And he's like, I don't know. Like, he was kind of reluctant. And Booth's like, yeah, maybe you, that would look bad if you didn't give us your knives, buddy. And can you make me a spicy tuna roll, please? <laughs> and I was very proud of Booth because that's one of my favorite things from sushi restaurants is a spicy tuna roll. It's so Spicy good. salmon all the way. I don't like salmon. I like tuna. I'm all about the salmon. I thought Booth was hilarious in this episode. Like oh, his, he's so great. He's he like so great presenting the whole, presenting the whole scenario and being like, "Well, she says she'll leave Dan, but then she doesn't, and then you stabby stab her with your fishy knife, and then she gets the fishy <laughs> virus." So it turns out that she had cut herself. Um, yeah. when they were together last, she had cut herself on one of the knives. Um, and as far as we know, in the next scene, it turns out that they did, that he did give the knives up and he, they, Angela had gone through the measurements of all the knives and fed them into her program. Oh, sorry. We're back at the lab in the examination room. (laughs) (laughs) And she had found, so none of the knives matched the injuries from the stab wounds. And they conclude that when she cut herself, when she was preparing the sushi, that is how it entered her bloodstream. So that's, it had been circulating in her blood through since last Thursday, whenever that was. Yes. Yes. And so I think that's how, that's why she was completely glowing. Is it had time to like fully circulate through her blood? Yes. Tell me more. Which is, first of all, that's crazy, right? Like how long it takes, like, are you telling me that if I ate anyway, that I'd have glowing bones? Anyway, I just think that's crazy, regardless. <laughs> Two things here. Greg was watching the show with me and he made mention of the fact that we were in the bone room and Carly's bones were on the slab. And he goes, She's only been dead for two days, and that's what her bones look like. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> That is so true. I had, to, I had to explain, like, no, they how they clean them yeah yeah (laughs) they boiled her up and then angela is excited by this thing that we basically they've uh what's the word i'm looking for where they uh have the sushi guy 23 is not guilty of killing her at this point like they've they've given him the out what's that called starts with an a and it's where they've eliminated him as a suspect regardless she's excited because she's like that means we can go eat at the restaurant we can go eat sushi there it's fine they're both like oh thank god (laughs) thank god we can go eat his uni because he's not guilty of murdering carly so they're walking away from this scene and they're headed back to i think brennan's office and they're chatting and angela 
is the worst. Like I, I'm so sorry. I I do like her, but no, not in this scene. She's being a little bit ridiculous, and Brennan is jokingly like, "Oh, are you still torturing Hodgins?" And they're walking, talking, and Angela starts to imply that she actually wants to say yes to him to his proposal. And that the only reason she hasn't said yes is because of Brennan in the back of her mind being like, marriage sucks. Marriage is love. Marriage is the worst. And then she starts asking her whether she regrets breaking it off with Sully and letting him like sail off into the sea. No. Anyway. And she's like, well, not really. Like I made my decision, whatever. Anyway, she's just being a lot. Brennan gets a phone call. And she has to leave because we have find out a very important detail. And that is that Carly took out a restraining order on Dan and Dan had taken out a $2 million life insurance policy on Carly. Yes. And this is the perfect um, end to the scene because it's basically proof that marriage is awful in this one example. And so Brennan's yeah. like, see, marriage sucks. But like, anyway. how do you put a rest- like? How would you do that if put a restraining order on your on Mark? Like he'd have to leave the house. Well, that's what I mean. It's only been forty at, at the point that they went and talked to him. It had been only forty eight hours since she had been missing. They he could not come to their place of work. Like he wouldn't be able to be at the restaurant. The whole restraining order thing doesn't make any sense. This whole relationship between Dan and Carly seems very toxic and I very sus. I don't don't like it. Regardless, Booth goes back to this restaurant to talk with Dan. And Dan is there with Ben, his friend, boyfriend of Abby, who's also missing. Uh, and it seems that they've shut down the restaurant. And this is where I have some questions to ask. First of uh, all, they're yeah. sitting in they're sitting in this dumb kitchen where, like, I want to ask, how long has it been since Carly's been gone? I mean, they had nine chefs in the kitchen preparing food like yesterday. Yeah. And now they're closed. Now they're like, like I can understand. Well, I can understand being closed because, like, you have to arrange a funeral. But, like, how would a popular restaurant like that shut down within one day? And honestly, if this was now, that restaurant would, there would be lineups out the door. There would be lineups if they found out that she died. It would make it more popular. It would make it so, it would be legendary. Legendary. the fact that they shut down the restaurant is so sketchy. Like it's, it makes it so sketchy and it, but it's kind of necessary because we need them both in the same room at the same time. We need them both focused as we're having this conversation. And basically, yes, tell me. I understand why we're doing this scene. I totally get it. It just makes Mr. no sense. Chanel. But <laughs> a Bad choice on the boxes of vegetables in plastic boxes, like just <laughs> sitting there unrefrigerated. A, B, this restaurant should be 
packed to the gills and yeah. you should have like nine more chefs because you can't keep up with the orders. Seriously. So yeah. what do we learn with Ben there? What's happening? What's this dynamic? So basically Ben starts to get the impression they're basically they're asking like, okay, we see that there's these knives here and there's one missing and you've, you're telling us it's been missing for a long time, but we don't believe you. So Dan, we want the knives. And Ben's like, yeah, my girlfriend's missing. I need you to find her. Come on, like take whatever you need. And Dan's like, no, like, I don't want you to take the knives. So basically Ben gets the impression, like at this moment, it's very clear that Ben is like thinking that Dan did something. He's like, what did you do with her? Where's Abby? Where's Abby? Anyway, it turns out there's a lot going on generally in their relationship. It wasn't working out between um, Dan and Carly. It sounds like they know about the restraining order. They know he had some drinking problem that they were talking about that. It sounded like he was getting help with. And then now he's drinking again. There's lots of things that they're throwing at us to make us think, Oh shit, Dan did this. Yep. And then ultimately, at the very end of this episode, now that they've ruined Ben and Dan's friendship, they get this call that the Volvo has been spotted. Abby's car has been spotted. So time to go. They're taking the knives with them. And let's go find out if Abby's alive. Yes. Just want to say, first of all, whenever Brittany says yes, it's because I've raised my hand because I want to speak. <laughs> yes, Kelly. <laughs> I just this kitchen's a nice kitchen and I love the green tile. Like there's a green shiny tile all over the walls. It's really, really nice. I just hate this wall of vegetables. It really bothers me that they have all this unrefrigerated produce. <laughs> Do you refrigerate your tomatoes? No, but he has there's carrots, there's lettuce, there's boxes of lettuce yeah. on the bottom. That's got to go boxes. in the fridge. How are you going to get I mean, in this there? This is a very cold How kitchen. How are you going to go get that lettuce when you're in a hurry and you got to make a salad? It's not it practical. Just... No, it's definitely not. This is not set up as a proper kitchen. I have to talk to Caleb. Caleb, where are you? <laughs> Caleb, where are you? We need to reorganize your kitchen. <laughs> First of all, Caleb, I hope you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I hope that you're putting your lettuce in the fridge. I hope you're refrigerating <laughs> your produce. <laughs> okay. Is Abby alive? Tell me. I'm in suspense. You tell me. Okay, sure. So they end up, we go into this wooded area. They've all, it's it's night. There's a car being pulled out of what looks like a ravine or a river or something. The trunk was always above water. Everything is fine. And sure enough, they open up the trunk and Abby's inside. And although she is completely passed out, she is alive, which is great news. And somehow Ben is there with them. Ben runs to the car and is like, hang on, you're going to be all right. Everything is fine. Um, yeah, that, that, that's the whole scene. That, that's it. End scene. <laughs> I was looking up Caleb Deschanel on Wikipedia. I wanted to know if he was okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Did you Google, is Caleb okay? Is Caleb okay? All I know is that this guy's been nominated for Academy Awards, and I want to know why he is slumming it on network television. That's what I want to know. For his daughter. He probably was just trying to give his daughter a nice little experience. I mentioned last week when we did the episode about the astronaut a movie called the right stuff it came out in the 80s have you heard of this movie it's a anyway it's called the right stuff and it's about the first astronauts and it's a, an academy award winning or nominated film and he was nominated for an academy award for the cinematography in that film anyway really yeah really damn he seems Why to be else? nominated <laughs> he's pretty famous i think insane okay that's why i want to know why he's doing this anyway also it's hilarious that i was mentioning it's always sunny in philadelphia because emily Deschanel is married to david hornsby one of the writers of always sunny one of the writers of that show yeah so do you think emily Deschanel is funny i think she probably is pretty funny do you think she's funny i suspect so Also, she's actually in real life best friends with Angela. Wow. And she's also very close friends with David Boreanis. I think David's friends with everybody. That's true. Yeah. Like he seems to be like fact. He's like very Slovenian. I guess he just knows everybody, right? True. I always forget. <laughs> I keep forgetting that he's Slovenian. <laughs> That's Slovenian in him. Okay. We got to move on and okay. talk about this episode okay. because. This is something, there's something that's said in this scene, and I want you to talk about it because you have talked about this in the past when Hodgins and, when Hodgins and Brennan were buried alive, you said. I've talked about this because the next scene we're in like this Dexter-like room that's like, has like tarp, clear tarp curtains, and they have the car that they've. Uh, confiscated or that they found Abby's car and they're checking out all this blood evidence inside the car. There's a bunch of blood, like I said, on the passenger side of the vehicle and Cam says, I guess this is where Carly was stabbed. And then she notices in the back seat that there is uh, semen evidence. And so she cuts out a piece of that fabric to test it for DNA. And Hodgins opens the trunk there's a couple of things that happen here. And this is the first, first time he opened the trunk. And this is one of the first indications that, uh, and answers my question about when people are kidnapped, uh, do they pee their pants? And it seems that they do because Cam and Hodgins react to the smell of urine that's coming out of this trunk. And Which I appreciate Cam that con- detail. Right. And I, they never talk about it. And suddenly no. they're talking about it. And Cam comments about this. And then Hodgins talks about what it's like to be trapped in a car. Cam then, it dawns on Cam. She realizes her misstep because she forgot yeah. that Hodgins was trapped in a fucking car. Oh my God. And like thought he was going to die. And thought he was going to die. So she said, okay, Hodgins, if this is too much for you, I can take over from here and you can leave. Like she's worried that he's getting triggered. Yeah. She, I, she started out as such a shitty character and she is really developing 
to one of my faves. I disagree. I don't think Cam was ever a bad character. Oh, I hated her at first. Never. I thought she was great. She was a bitch and she was assertive and she told you what it was, what it, you know, tells it like it is. I can't handle that. Very (laughs) tough and mean sometimes. Merck and I were like, fuck this lady. We hate her. (laughs) I don't. I've always loved Cam. You know that. I know. I am definitely, I've, and I knew because I've seen this whole series and I know that I love Cam's character. So I'm now back on the love cam train, but for the first few episodes, I was like, oh boy, we have some work to do. Yeah. But so is there something I missed or is that no, it? You, the fact you got that it we're all ba- right at the end of PTSD, this? Finally. Yeah. So Hodgins is like, no, no, like I can do this. Everything is fine. Gets very excited. Puts on these like goggle microscope glasses and immediately notices some unidentified particulates that he is very excited for. He says that those are his two favorite words. And so he grabs those and I wonder if they'll be important in the future, Kelly. Well, here's the thing. The way that Hodgins talks about these unidentified particulates and he acts like it's turning him on and cam is grossed out <laughs> and cam i feel is like our proxy because she knows that hodgins is disgusting and also cam who reads like sexy smutty romance novels is acting a little bit prudish yeah definitely. i find it weird when she acts like ew gross like sex talk or like weird talk i feel like like it's more just her being sick of hodgins and angela boning at work like him he's like oh you're so fucking gross i think she thinks he's gross i think so too i i think think he's gross yeah okay so they this is a very hodgins centered episode there's lots of scenes with hodgins in them i hope that tj tyne got his money's worth like that he was paid appropriately he did a lot of extra acting in this episode um but we end up back with another booth and hodgins scene which before a couple episodes ago we didn't have too many of those so since the time that really? yeah no. back at did back i skip the ahead back at the lab angela's comparing wounds on the victim oh shoot i skipped knife. ahead yeah, i missed yeah, a scene yeah. so she's it's tell me more matter. it's just they're talking about the wounds the stabbing and stuff and angela's comparing the wounds on the victim with the knives that they confiscated from the restaurant and they seem to be consistent with one of the knives brandon brandon mentions that the cut on the victim is is very clean yeah. and if if one of the knives that from the restaurant was used it's full of pits and it would show up in the actual wound. So what we're looking for is a pristine knife, like a knife that's never really been used before. Yeah. And then Angela takes this opportunity in this moment to apologize to Brennan for bringing Thank Sully you, Angela. up in our last conversation. And then Brennan starts lamenting about her ability to connect her head and her heart and move forward with more in a more committed relationship and anyway she's just 
feeling bad about her inability to feel like she can commit and she feels like she's missing out on things. And then Angela agrees with her, but she said, you know, you're missing out, but that, you know, somebody who you're, somebody else is missing out on having you in their lives too. Right. Like you have to think like you're bringing something into the relationship as well, which is actually a nice thing to say. I thought so too. I was like, okay, go Angela, go an apology and good advice all in one scene. Exactly. Ready for marriage. I know. Right. This is when (laughs) Zach walks in. He's going over some more details in the case, specifically that uh, Carly definitely was in the car and banged her head on the dashboard before she died. Yeah. Which was kind of, that's what they were thinking, even just from seeing the car initially. So they're confirming. Throughout the whole episode, there's like these little bits and bobs, bits and pieces, bits and pieces, like little things that you can thread together into a scenario. So where are we now with Hodgins and Booth, correct? Now we're with Hodgins and Booth. Sorry, I got uh, ahead of myself earlier, but I got very excited. So Hodgins is um, on the main platform. He's assessing these tiny little particulates and he's finding out that these particulates are ceramic. So he's trying to figure out what they would be used for or what where they came from, basically. While he's doing that, though, at first he looks like he's going to ask Booth for advice. And then he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to ask Booth for advice. Booth is on, he has like one foot out the door the whole time of this conversation, I found, until Hodgins makes a comment that I thought was a little rude. So... Hodgins is like, okay, no, no, I'm not going to talk to you. Okay, fine. You know what? You really pulled my leg. You really want to hear what I have to say. Turns out I have realized that I don't need to marry Angela. I just want to be with her and being with her is enough. Marriage is not the end. Like marriage is not a necessary step for our relationship. What's important is that we end up together. And I was like, damn Hodgins, Angela says a smart comment followed by Hodgins saying smart comments. It's like, whoa. This is a lot for one episode. Um, but the way that he says it, he says it, he says to Booth, I don't want to pressure her and push her away the way that you pushed Rebecca away. I'm paraphrasing. But Booth is like, yo, stop right there. You know nothing about me. That's not what happened, but like, screw off. Anyway, fortunately, we're saved by a phone call. Turns out that Abby, who was passed out earlier, is now awake. And based on the facts of the situation so far, it would appear that she could be the witness to, potentially, she could be the witness to Carly's murder. So that is definitely someone that they want to go and talk to. I think I got all the details. Did I miss anything? No, you did great. It was perfect. It was was a Um, big seen but not it was like one of those things where booth didn't actually say much it was more about hodgins like working out his thoughts in his mind by verbalizing them and then he thanked booth for his help and gave him a big hug and yeah it's like okay buddy like whatever (laughs) the hug is cute honestly i feel like their friendship has developed like a little mainly from hodgins side but since that episode that they that they rescued brennan from being eaten by those dogs anyway you should have been fired so long ago 
<laughs> I wonder what this actor is like. I bet you he's so nice. <laughs> he's probably such a nice guy. <laughs> Kelly's pulling down her glasses and staring at me. I don't know. Honey. Anyway. Okay. Booth Let's running talk about the- Abby hospital to talk to abby abby's like distraught obviously she finds out carly's dead they're trying to get information from her about the attack that they apparently went under so she describes an attacker that was masked a masked man that came to steal money and she claims that i don't really understand what she's talking about but she yeah Basically says that Carly and Dan fought about her going to the bank with the cash and then claims that maybe the culprit was hiding in the backseat of the car. Now, when she said that, I was like, okay, like, sure, the guy was in the backseat. So he kills Carly, then locks her in the trunk and just lets her go. That's even go. though she saw him. And then she wakes up in the back of the trunk and she was terrified. And she says like sort of rhetorically, like, do you know even what, do you even know what that feels like? And Brennan's like, actually, uh, <laughs> actually I do. Yes, I do. Let me tell well, you about there's it. This one time I, <laughs> one time at band camp, I got buried alive in a car. <laughs> I love that you said this one time at band camp. And then Booth's like, Brennan, shut up. She doesn't need to know anyway. Yeah, it's a rhetorical question, not not meant for you to answer. <laughs> but Abby's pretty, she's pretty upset. Oh, yeah, big time. She seems yeah. really shaken up. She can kind of, she, it seems like she can barely piece together the story that she's telling. She just seems really out of it. So, very interesting. Zach is showing back at the lab. Sorry. Zach is showing Angela Cameron Hodgins some stuff that they're all kind of talking, but he's showing some stuff on the body, the vertebrae that he found. So they basically real like, yes, she had, she got whiplash. They already knew that. Um, in the back, they find vaginal secretions that are consistent with Carly's DNA. Very interesting yes. because this is Abby's car. They are, speculating based on that that she was raped before she was murdered and by who well whose semen was found in the back seat was ben's semen so maybe we now have an explanation explanation why he would have yeah it's horrible also this isn't even this is neither of their cars like they're just having sex in Abby's car. Like I guess yeah. him and maybe Ben and her share the car. But the way he no, talked about the car were... was this is Abby's car. No, they're speculating that Ben raped her. Yeah, Sorry. but I'm thinking like why Whatever. did he not have his own car? I don't know, man. I can't. Like why are these they having sex in his car? Toxic. These Wait. all these relationships are weird. So they're having sex in Abby's car for some reason. No, they're not. By rape. Ben raped her he didn't have yes. sex with her he sorry raped her that's what they're ac- they're assuming there's a difference <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> sorry sorry so anyway so <laughs> i'm getting out of myself no so listen this is hilarious because they hodgins is standing there being like he's doing the weird exposition 
weird, like scary exposition where he goes, Ben, Ben wasn't on base. He was doing an exercise. He could have easily left his post and committed the crime. Like he's saying this expositional kind of scary thing. Which is true. Like all the facts at this point in time, all the facts point to Ben. Abby's alive. His DNA was found in the back of the car. He could have easily, he has an alibi, but the alibi maybe is shaky. Maybe he didn't actually stay on base the whole time. So we're going, oh shit, like we got to talk to Ben. So he's talking to them and they're chatting and he's saying like, yeah, okay. Like, no, I was there the whole time. Like no one can corroborate my whereabouts because I was alone. Yeah. And then they, they, like, at first the questioning is pretty easy. Like they're not going, going into him too hard. And then suddenly like they're starting to tell him the scenario. And then they finish with, accusing him of raping Carly. And at that point he stands up and is like, I need a lawyer. Like, I don't want to talk anymore. Get me a lawyer. Then we'll talk. We're going to circle back to this. Once we get a few scenes forward. (laughs) What do you mean? Because I have things to say. Oh, you do. Yes. About that scene, but I can't say them yet. Okay, uh, so we have Booth and Brennan in the car driving somewhere. I have no idea. It's a car scene. Yay. (laughs) Brennan's really frustrated that they couldn't close the case with Ben. Basically, they couldn't get him to confess. And Booth's trying to reassure her that they'll get him. And she assumes that Booth isn't as frustrating as her, as she isn't as frustrated as she is. But he's, he's, he reassures her by saying, yes, it, it should bother you. Of course it should bother you that we didn't catch this guy. It sucks. And so it proves that this, I I just want to really point out this scene, the way he talks to her in this moment. I know it's very small, but it's interesting. No, it's not. I'm trying to, I'm trying to throw these moments too much because I say interesting too much. Anyway, this moment where she's frustrated because they should have caught Ben red handed and they can't because he got a lawyer and they have to go through the whole rigmarole. Yeah. He Booth reassures her. So it's okay, Brennan, you know, we're going to get him. And then she's like, why aren't you mad about this? Like, why aren't you more upset? You know, it really bothers me that this is happening. And he goes, yeah, yeah it should bother you. So he's basically saying it does bother me. It does bother him. He's just not reacting the way she is. Yeah. But it's a confirmation that he does feel the same way that she does about the situation. I just, it's a small moment, but I really appreciated that. I just it was, really no, liked it was that. nice. It, it kind of yeah. develops the rapport. I feel like she ruins it a little bit because then she goes on and talks about sex and basically goes back to, she's obsessed <laughs> with talking about Angela and Hodgins. Yeah, and but sex. the way she does it is so funny. Oh, and she God. just makes Booth obviously uncomfortable. But he's like, no. like She's like, oh, sorry, did I make you uncomfortable? And he's like, no, like you didn't at all. But like we got to change topics. Like Focus on the case. Let's talk about the case. And she's like, oh, I did make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I just he thought said that was they funny. were going to talk. She was talking to him about 
how Carly, the murder victim, was going to show her how to cook some stuff. And yeah. Brennan wanted Carly to show her some things like beyond the chemistry and physics of cooking. She wanted, and Carly talked about how it had to do with love and yeah. loving. And Booth agrees. They talk about family dinner yeah. and how it was one of some of his best memories and, you know, was all about putting love in the food. And then she, that's where she says, I'm not as cold as everyone thinks I am. Yeah. And this is where he, this is where the, this is where the conversation starts, where she says, I'm not as cold as everyone thinks I am. And he stops and he goes, okay, now that was a leap. Yeah. And then she starts defending herself, saying that despite she, the fact she's against marriage doesn't mean she doesn't want Angela and Hodgins to be happy. And she says she has needs as well. She has sexual needs too. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, okay, you do you. Like, okay. And then she's like, oh, I made you uncomfortable. This is where the I made you uncomfortable yeah. part thing. It's really funny. It is but funny. But I, I just want to say that's key, that part of their communication. I'm not as cold as everyone thinks, Booth. And he says, okay, now that was a leap. Like he stopped, yeah. he kind of stops in his tracks and goes, okay, like we're not talking about this anymore. There's something, no. we're talking about something else now, you know? Yeah. He is very different. This than therapy was. is working the well. is yes. working. It's amazing. Definitely. It is amazing. And I'm it's kind of cool that I they've changed. So no, time, it's, no, it's I not. It. You shouldn't be sorry. These are the things that we like want to talk about. That's what we talk. That's why we have the podcast. These are interesting yes, things to talk about. I want to talk about the interpersonal. Like, I think it's really fat. Like it's fascinating the way that he's completely changed the way he talks yeah. to her. Like it's great. I like it. It, it has made their relationship move forward. I really like that. They go back to Abby. And this girl in this scene, I'm feeling very bad for her because their booth gets her to close her eyes and try to think back to the voice that she heard of this of this attacker and try to figure out is this a familiar voice do you recognize the voice and very clearly comes out and says like we think that maybe ben is the person who murdered carly and basically let you live yeah she does not like this idea. She's like, no, no, Ben would never do this. We're like a family. We're going to go on vacation together. Like all four of us, she, he would never do this. And they want to look at Abby's medical records because they think that maybe the way that she broke her wrist or the extent of her injuries may help them determine who the attacker would have been. And she's like, wait, do you think it might be Ben? Okay. Yeah. I guess just look at my records. Like she's, she's totally out of it, but she's, she's doesn't like the idea clearly that they think it's Ben. I don't know this girl from the beginning, something we'll is off with this her. girl. Don't worry. But she <laughs> gives up her medical records. Yeah. Was that, is that something, was that a, a good decision for Abby to do that? Bad we'll decision. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Back at the lab, 
back at the lab. We're very excited. Hodgins is very, very excited because yes. what did he find, Kelly? He seems, he thinks he's found the murder weapon. Turns out it's a ceramic knife that was gifted to Abby by a sponsor. So they call Brennan on the phone. They're all back at the lab. There's Cam, there's Hodgins, there's Angela and Zach. This they call Brennan hilarious. on the phone. She's got them on speaker. She and Booth are driving. So they're having this communication back and forth on speakerphone. While they're talking to Brennan, Cam walks in and tells them that she thinks Abby was lying based on the injuries and wounds. Like she looks at the medical records and the state of her body and what she, what Cam thinks her body should have endured. It doesn't look like Abby really suffered all that much in terms of injury. So she's like, it's very suspicious. So Booth's on speakerphone and asks the squints to put all of this in English for him. And Cam mm -hmm. thinks that Abby should have more broken bones. And then Angela, Cam, Hodgins, and Zach start to sort of reenact this scene that they're theorizing what <laughs> happened because they want to explain to Booth what's going on. So Poor Zach. He's always Zach the murder victim. He's <laughs> chosen to play the role of the murder victim. And Brennan's like, oh, Zach. She's like, she's on the phone with, and she says, looks at Booth. She goes, oh, Zach, he's always the murder victim. It's <laughs> funny. And it's it is true. funny. Oh, man. Uh, they conclude that basically Abby's driving the car and Carly's a passenger. Abby undoes Carly's seatbelt and slams on the brakes. Carly bangs her head on the dashboard. This renders her a little bit confused and probably dazed. Abby then starts fucking stabbing the shit out of Carly with the ceramic knife like a crazy person. And then Carly tries to defend herself, injuring Abby in the process with this Da, 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 bracelet this beautiful bracelet yes they reenact the whole thing including dragging zach across the floor which he totally protests he's like what the hell do you have not to the do sex this though not the sex they don't no, reenact no the sex, sex. <laughs> they figure she locked herself in the trunk of her car after placing carly's body in the house but she expected to be found a lot sooner because this is a very popular hiking trail that she parked on. But no one found her because it like was raining for a few days, which <laughs> is why she peed her pants. Oops. <laughs> and why she passed out in the back of the car. <laughs> oh, my God. So I forgot to bring water. This is clearly in my mind. And we're going to get to it. You know what? I'll get to it right now. So they turn yes. the, they, they move that SUV. They turn that SUV around. They drive back right away. They see her. She looks like she's having a seizure crying. Like she's like flopping like a fish up and down going. Aah! And it looked like they used the same footage and they just looped it. <laughs> so she was what? like sob. Yeah. Like if you watch really? that scene, it looks like they use the same like little snippet and then just looped it of her going. Aah! So she's sobbing in bed and she was yelling, she's crying and yelling, Carly was my best friend. She was my best friend. But hello, Abby. You're telling me you carry a ceramic kitchen knife around with you all the time? This was 100% premeditated murder. 
and you cannot convince me otherwise. Who says it's not premeditated? No, I just I'm I'm just thinking it's premeditated. Like she's like it's my she was my best friend, but I guess she found she must have found out that Ben was sleeping with Carly and that set her off. I mean, there are other ways to deal with that, like breaking up. But it's pretty savage. Listen, it's crazy town. It's crazy town. Okay, this is where I can talk about it now. I jumped ahead earlier accidentally, but this is Abby's car. Yeah. Why are Ben and Carly having sex in Abby's car? Oh my God, you're obsessed with cars. You're obsessed with where, where's <laughs> Brennan's car? You're obsessed where is her with car? Hodgins's like, car. Now you're obsessed with <laughs> Abby's car. I just cannot believe that they're having this illicit affair and doing it in Abby's Who knows? car. Maybe because they're best friends, maybe Carly borrowed the car to go get something at a store or they're like, oh, can I just take your car down the block? Like whatever, like. Maybe they do that kind of weird thing. But also, it's like teenagers. When you have nowhere to go, when you don't have another house to go to, like they can't go to Carly's house and they can't go to Ben's house and they don't want to get a motel because they got to get off immediately. They have to get off now. Okay. They're going to go because they both are fair. They're both in committed relationships. Oh my God. I just, this is why having an affair is like so much work. Like that's so insane. No, like you'd like, you'd have to like get a hotel and and lie and get the car and then the credit card. And it's so much work. You have to cover your, all your tracks. Why do it at all? No, it makes no sense. Never mind the, all the work of having to like wax your wax things and shave everything do your hair and buy the lingerie and it's like honey have time for this (laughs) i love this take right ahead of see you laugh you make me laugh just like it's always sunny in philadelphia makes me laugh out loud (laughs) i do you want to talk about this scene or do you want me to take it no. off away? Oh, no. I teared up during this scene. It is so oh. wonderful. He's no. going to go get her puke bucket, but I am living for this scene. <laughs> so Hodgins is on the main platform. It is nighttime. Angela is coming to get him because it is time to go home. And Hodgins is set up a tray of something. That includes some sort of seafood. He dims the lights as she approaches. And he shows her. Well, he gets her to close her eyes and brings her over and leads the way. And on this tray, he lowers the lights. I already said that. And on this tray is this glowing spread of seafood. Of these shrimp that and it's spelled oh out my be my God. love as opposed to will you marry me or whatever because as we know from his conversation with booth all that matters to him is that they are together he doesn't care about 
marriage anymore. Wow. Wow. And so she sees this and is like, yes, let's get married. Yes, let's do it. And he's like flabbergasted. He's like, wait, no, like, no, 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 no. It's not a proposal. Like, I'm not, I'm not asking you to marry me. And this is exactly what Angela was looking for. She wanted something that was no pressure in the lab because that's where they have sex and not at a fancy restaurant because that's just too much. No pressure. And anyway, it's just really sweet. And Angela's Angela basically proposes to him and is like, okay, like, are we going to do this? Anyway, so they conclude that they're going to get married next week. And it can't be a small wedding. It has to be a big wedding. And Hodgins is like, okay, well, you're totally insane, but I love you. So let's passionately kiss again. And that's it. Uh, This is a public service announcement. Hodgins and Angela are engaged. Is she going to get a ring? We'll find out. Is she going to get a ring? If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. He gave her a ring last week. He tried, but will she wear that ring? I just want to say, A, this is a terrible relationship. Kelly looks like she's so upset right now. Michaela Conlon is working overtime. She's doing (laughs) God's work. She's very convincing and crying and like being like sincere in this moment. I was like, Michaela, you deserve an Academy Award for the work you're doing in this fucking scene right now (laughs) that you're taking this person seriously. Like the fact that she threatens to change her mind if he doesn't agree to have a big wedding in one week. And the fact that he comes from a huge rich family with the rich scientist's son, they would never let him get married like this. Oh, this no. Would never the prenup happen. alone would take more than a week. Precisely. Precisely. Where's the prenup? Honey, he's worth like billions of dollars. He yeah. has a ticket to ride in space. <laughs> he only has one ticket. What is she going to do? That was not good at forward go thinking. <laughs> He's not marrying her in a week. No, his mother would never allow that. <laughs> he pushed oh my God. her. To, he pushed and pushed and pushed. It's the same. This is their relationship. He pushed but now her she's to go pushing. No. He pushed her to go on a date. He pushed her to move in with him. Now he pushed and he pushed and he pushed. He basically pushed so much that she finally agreed to fucking do it. <laughs> this is not I'm a here good for relationship. It. Um, call to action. Call to action. Send us a message and let us know if you're no, here gonna, for. Yeah. You should do a poll. If you're here we should, for. We'll do a poll on socials, but you should the also Hodgins and send Angela us a relationship. Message. Yes. Let us know. Tell I'm Team Hodgins on. and Angela. Let us know. Tell us. Help okay. us decide which one of us is right. <laughs> okay, right, last scene. The last scene. Here we go. Next. Tell me all about Booth. it. Booth is at Brennan's house. Woo woo. And she's made him some food. She made him some fancy mac and cheese. 
I just want to say, she serves him this mac and cheese. He's absolutely over the moon about this dish of mac and cheese he's eating. A dish that isn't even placed on his plate. It's placed beside no. his plate. So is he going to eat more food later? Because it's not enough food for this guy. This guy is a big guy. He's not going to oh, eat yeah. this tiny dish of mac and cheese. And who, you know what? Who is eating such a small plate of mac and cheese? They're lying to you if they're <laughs> if that's all they're eating. Seriously. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh my God. It's the tiniest dish. And <laughs> Booth's t-shirt says, don't give up on it. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. But do you want to tell me about the ingredient that she adds to her mac and cheese? I don't know. Is it nutmeg or something? She adds some nutmeg. And you know what nutmeg is? No, is it an aphrodisiac? It's an aphrodisiac. <laughs> See? It's her father is directing her. She's already talked about silly eating having yes. the best thing he's ever eaten. So gross. And now she's talking about nutmeg. God. Anyway, I'm making said, some conclusions here. Anyway, Booth is blown away by this mac and cheese. You can't get over how delicious it is. He's so grateful for her making dinner. I'm like, he's going to need more food than this, eh? And I don't understand why this is happening. I don't know why he's do he's eating at her house. It seems strange to me. And she brushes off the idea of her making him dinner as... Like nothing. She's like, it's no problem. You know, you have yeah. to eat. And I know this is a it's a tie-in or a callback to them talking about uh family dinners, right? Yeah. And then she's making the same joke that he made at the sushi restaurant where he's like, Oh, well, I have to eat, you know, I gotta yeah. eat. Uh, so she's calling back these, uh, like a fam. I know this, what this is doing. This is a family dinner situation yeah. and they are both single and it's important for people who live alone to eat with other people. Yes. Cause it's I agree. not good to eat alone. Right. Yeah. I will say this, regardless of the fact that it's not enough food and it's a little strange that it's happening at all, this meal. I thought it was very sweet. It was so sweet. I love this moment. They seem so happy to be in each other's presence, which is wild because they spent all day together nonstop, but they still want to spend time together. So to me, that says a lot about the relationship. What do you think? I was trying to be professional. I love this episode. I think it's great. I think it's very sweet. It's very witty. It's very fun. The actual main storyline is kind of stupid, <laughs> but I don't know. I did like it. How about you? Oh, no. We're thinking. Does the Hodgins and Angela situation outweigh the rest? Or is is it outweighed by the rest of the episode? I don't care about these two. Like, honestly, Cam, sorry, not Cam, Angela and Hodgins. I hate it. I've already told you how much I hate this relationship. I think it's just, it's a, the foundation is, the foundation of this, this relationship is terrible. It's terrible. I think yeah. it's terrible. 
Like they went on a date after he pushed her almost like physically cornered her in an office to go on a date with him. And then he said, we're not going to have her after the date. No, we're not doing this. Then he gets buried alive, almost dies on their trauma because he was just trying to get her no i'm just saying it's trauma bonding so oh poor hodgins so she feels bad for him so she's being codependent feels bad for him so she starts dating him they start screwing they're screwing in the friggin' supply closet they're screwing in the basement of the jeffersonian they're screwing all over the place being disgusting then he pushes her to move in with him push 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 and then he pushes her to marry him push 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 I just feel it's very imbalanced. I just had a thought. They're doing all this screwing. And they're doing it in that Egyptian bed. Which probably yes. the sheets don't get changed on. If you put a black so light gross. on that thing. It's so gross. Yeah, that would be pretty gross. Honey. That's all I have to say. Like, I used to have crazy dirty sex everywhere <laughs> like don't get me wrong anyway i just don't like this relationship <laughs> i love booth and brennan i like where this is going i like that people are questioning like what's going on with these two like it's weird yeah. that they work together and they have this intimate communication and why like no one can really penetrate what's happening with them like i feel like they're very they're close Definitely. And I think it's interesting that Emily's father directed this. Yes. I think that's really cool. I feel like it's unfortunate we didn't have any opportunities to really see his talent, though, in terms of cinematography. Like, I feel like we didn't get a lot of... I mean, you're not going to get that anyway with a network show, especially at the end of a season where their budget's probably dried up and they don't have a lot of money to spend on like big, huge um, set pieces, you know, where he could take a beautiful shots outdoors or like those kinds of things. Right. So I, I would love to know what that was like, like for her to be directed by him and it was probably pretty surreal. I'm sure it was interesting. I'm sure she was quite happy because he's, I mean, he's a very heavily like credentialed, you know, uh, cinematographer and stuff. It's it's pretty Oh, yeah. We should say goodbye to our listeners. Okay. Yes. Let's do that. I will say again, please like, follow, review, subscribe. To our podcast, we're on all the platforms, including YouTube, and I would love to get some five-star reviews. I would love to get some feedback. That would be honest. That would be awesome because those types of things really matter in the podcast world. Like people get noticed that way. And I just would, I really appreciate it. And if you could follow us on Instagram, the Squintcast Instagram page is really fun. And I highly recommend it for just pure entertainment value. And I get a lot of joy out of it. And I will continue to curate that page. I love anyway, it. on that note, thank you for listening this week to our episode of Squintcast. Squintcast. Nailed it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. 
The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolentz Stajan. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Fuzzy being so drunk on fuzzy pigeons. I have a sugar high.